I'm William Pierce, chairman of the National Alliance. There are several underlying themes to the behavior and attitudes of religious Jews. The most fundamental theme is that the Jews have been chosen by their tribal god, Yahweh, to own and rule the earth. One can see a quite explicit statement of this theme in the book of Isaiah. In the 60th and 61st chapters, the prophet raves that eventually all the wealth of the Gentiles shall be delivered to the Jews, that the Jews shall, quote, suck the milk of the Gentiles, while the Gentiles all become servants of the Jews. Or to use Isaiah's point mode of expression, the Gentiles shall stand and feed your flocks and be your plowmen and your vine dressers. The Talmud is full of elaboration and explication of this theme of the special nature and status of the Jews, of their being chosen to be the owners and rulers of the earth. It is the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, which contains the basic Jewish doctrines. <laughs> But it is the Talmud which explains exactly how the Torah is to be interpreted. And the Talmud's interpretation often is quite different from the inoffensive interpretation accepted by Christians. When the great reformer, Martin Luther, decided to produce a translation of the Bible into German in the 16th century, he wanted to be sure that he got it right. So he consulted the Talmud and was horrified by what he found there. He could not bring himself simply to reject the Jewish Bible altogether, so he clung to the traditional Christian interpretations and denounced the Jews in the strongest possible terms for their hate-filled interpretations. In his book, The Jews and Their Lives, Luther wrote, and I quote, The sun never did shine on a more bloodthirsty and revengeful people than the Jews who imagine themselves to be the people of God and who believe that they should murder and crush the Gentiles. Do not their Talmud and their rabbis say that it is no sin if a Jew kills a Gentile, but it is a sin if he kills a fellow Jew? It is no sin if he does not keep his oath to a Gentile. Therefore, to steal from a Gentile, as they do with their money lending, is a divine service. And they are the masters of the world, and we are their servants, indeed their cattle." End quote. Today, the leaders of the Lutheran Church, who are as much under the influence of the Jews as the leaders of all the other mainstream Christian churches, ignore the writings of their founder on the subject of the Jews, and react with embarrassment when reminded of them. They pretend that Martin Luther didn't really mean what he wrote about the Jews and Judaism. That was nearly 500 years ago, and Luther was merely reflecting the prejudice of his times, they say. But in fact, the Talmud and the Torah today are exactly what they were 500 years ago. The Talmud and Torah that Joseph Lieberman studies today are the same Talmud and Torah that horrified Martin Luther at the beginning of the 16th century. 
the same Jewish teachings which Martin Luther preached against 500 years ago govern the lives of Orthodox Jews in Israel today. An outstanding example is that of Dr. Baruch Goldstein. Goldstein, a physician born and raised in the United States, was an Orthodox Jew. He immigrated to Israel and joined the Israeli army as a medical officer. In the army, he announced to his superiors that he would not treat wounded Gentiles. In 1985, after an Israeli soldier shot a Palestinian in the legs, the wounded Palestinian was brought to an army clinic where Goldstein was on duty. Goldstein refused to provide medical assistance to the Palestinian, and he issued a statement in which he said, and I quote, I am not willing to treat any non-Jew. Goldstein's refusal to do anything to save the life of a Gentile was not just a personal quirk. It was based on an injunction in the Talmud, and Jewish religious authorities prevented the army from punishing Goldstein for his disobedience to orders. Despite his refusal to provide medical assistance to Gentiles, Goldstein was permitted to remain in the army as a medical officer with the rank of captain. On February 25, 1994, the day of the Jews' annual Purim festival, when each year they celebrate a massacre of 75,000 Persians, which they organized more than 2,500 years ago, Captain Goldstein entered a mosque in Hebron and murdered 29 Muslims who were kneeling in prayer, shooting them in the back with his army assault rifle. While he was reloading his assault rifle, surviving worshippers beat him to death. Just tell me what we did. The Israeli government was not able to keep the massacre hushed up. Immediately after the massacre, one very prominent Orthodox leader, Rabbi Moshe Levinger, told a writer for Israel's largest newspaper that he was sorry for the 29 Palestinians murdered by Goldstein in the same way that he would be sorry for the killing of 29 flies. Another prominent Israeli religious leader, Rabbi Dov Lior, announced, and I quote, since Goldstein did what he did in God's own name, he is to be regarded as a righteous man. There was a huge funeral procession for Goldstein, and the Israeli army provided a guard of honor at his grave. One of the eulogists, Rabbi Israel Ariel, said, and I quote, The holy martyr Baruch Goldstein is from now on our intercessor in heaven. Goldstein did not act as an individual. He heard the cry of the land of Israel, which is being stolen from us day after day by the Muslims. He acted to relieve that cry of the land. A year after the massacre, the Israeli government issued a permit to Goldstein's admirers to build a large monument at the site of his grave. Today, Goldstein's grave is one of the most popular sites in Israel for religious Jewish tourists, especially those from the United States. Do you consider Dr. Goldstein a, a martyr, a yes. hero? Yes, 
Yes. You consider him a hero? I most certainly do. I was proud to know him, and I think he's one of the finest people I'd ever met. There's no question about it, he was a great man. There's no question about it. The most upsetting part of this whole thing isn't that the Arabs were killed. It was that Dr. Baruch Goldstein was killed. He did a tremendous deed, an act of self-sacrifice, and to try to save the Jewish people. They deserved it, and they got what they, what they deserved. Jews habitually deceive Gentiles by having a different meaning in mind for the words they use than the meaning understood by Gentiles. When Orthodox Jewish writers use the term human beings, for example, they are referring only to Jews because the Talmud specifies that only Jews are human beings, while Gentiles, not having souls, are non-human animals. But the average Gentile doesn't realize this, and when he hears someone like Lieberman speaking of his compassion for his fellow human beings, he is fooled into believing that Lieberman is a man who has compassion for Gentiles as well as for Jews. The Jews, in order to exercise their influence, must move among us and be regarded as similar to us. There are some exceptions to this. In New York, for example, there are communities of religious Jews who want to have nothing to do with Gentiles, except, of course, to take our money, sell us harmful drugs, and abuse our women through their involvement in the white slave trade, things which are perfectly in line with their religion. But some of them want to minimize their contact with us, and they deliberately distinguish themselves from Gentiles through their manner of dress and grooming, wearing long beards and side locks and fur hats, dressing only in black, and so on. To us, they look weird. They give us the creeps. But other religious Jews understand that they must mix with us in order to control us, and the ones who mix must disguise their beliefs and their purpose. So they pretend to be like us. They talk about ball games. They make jokes that we will laugh at. So any country not signed to the treaty, like Iran or North Korea, open season. And in, in the event of a major biological weapons attack, we reserve the right to go full Truman on their <laughs> And I ain't talking best. And they lie to us about the nature of their religious beliefs. They behave like Joe Lieberman. But beneath the deceptive surface, they are the same as the greasiest, sidelocked, black-clad Jews of New York's Orthodox neighborhoods. They all believe in the chosenness of the Jews. They all believe that Jews have been promised dominion over the earth and its inhabitants by their tribal god. It certainly would be a mistake, however, to assume that the non-religious Jews in general are less a danger to us than religious Jews. Marx and Trotsky and Kaganovich and all the other Jewish communist butchers who killed millions of our people in Europe were non-religious. Most of the media bosses are non-religious Jews, but that hardly makes them less deceitful. Have you heard any media commentary in the United States about the Goldstein Massacre? Compare this total lack of coverage with the famous Kristallnacht of November 1938 in Germany. After a Jew murdered a German official at the German embassy in Paris, Germans went on a rampage of retribution, smashing the windows of Jewish shops in Berlin and setting fire to synagogues. 
A total of 36 Jews were killed in the disorders, a figure not too different from the number of Palestinians slaughtered by Goldstein. Kristallnacht was 62 years ago, and yet every American schoolchild still hears about it every year. It is our non-religious Jewish media bosses who are responsible for this gross distortion of the image of the world and of history. That is really much more harmful to us than all of the Talmud-based hatred of the Orthodox Jews. It's good to understand the nature of Judaism, to understand the beliefs of Orthodox Jews such as Lieberman. The best source for this sort of understanding is the Talmud, but for that very reason the Jews keep it out of sight as much as they can, and unless you are able to read Hebrew, you will find only Bodlerized editions, with the most revealing passages left out or deliberately mistranslated. But we really must go beyond Judaism and understand that even those Jews who reject the Torah and the Talmud are our deadly enemies, although not our deadliest enemies. Our deadliest enemies are the traitors among our people. Our deadliest enemies are those of our own people who knowingly and deliberately collaborate with the Jews. Our deadliest enemies are the leaders of the church who conceal from their own people Luther's teachings about the Jews. Our deadliest enemies are the few remaining Gentile media bosses, Ted Turner, for example, or Rupert Murdoch, who, understanding what the Jews are like and what they are trying to do, nevertheless collaborate with them. Our deadliest enemies are the Gentile political leaders without whose conscious and willing collaboration Jews could pose no threat at all to us. Think about it.